Today's case is about the pre-existing duty rule. And before we jump into our case, I just want to do a quick review of what that rule is. The basic gist of the rule is, if you promise to do something or give something that you've already promised in a previous contract, then that is not going to count as consideration. And just as a quick example, let's say I owe you $1,000, but I don't want to actually pay that full $1,000. So we make an agreement for me to only pay $500. And after I pay you, you sue me in court for breach of contract for the remaining $500. In that instance, you would win, and I would still owe you $500 because that second agreement that we made to only pay the $500 lacked consideration. I had a pre-existing duty to already pay the full $1,000. Okay, let's jump into our case. Today's case is the Alaska Packers Association versus Domenico, and it took place in the U.S. Court of Appeals in the Ninth Circuit in 1902. And the purpose of this case is to show how the pre-existing duty rule can serve as a protection against exploitation. So let's look at the facts. On one side of this dispute, we have the Alaska Packers Association, and they're just this big business that uh, uh, distributes fish products. And then on the other side of this dispute, we have the fishermen and sailors who are going to go out and catch the fish for Alaska Packers. And I'm going to refer to them to as the workers, and I'm going to refer to Alaska Packers Association as the business. So the way this case starts out is that, um, you know, during the fishing season, these workers will take boats out from San Francisco, and they'll catch a bunch of fish, and then they'll take it to the business's harbor up in Alaska. And so here's the, here's the original contract. Uh, Alaska Packers, the business, said that they would pay each worker either 50 or $60, uh, depending on what your role was, and then two cents for each red salmon that uh, the worker helped catch. So that was the original commission. Um, so the workers agreed to this. They went out, caught a bunch of fish during fishing season, and then uh, they got to the harbor in April 1900 up in Alaska, and they started to unload the ship. And then on May 19th, they just stopped. And they essentially kind of went on strike and they said, we want $100 of payment instead of the original $50-$60 payment. And they said, if you don't pay us, then we're going to stop working. Now, it's helpful to understand the situation here. This put Alaska Packers in a really, really uh, tough situation because it was if the workers did not continue to... Uh, uh, unload the ship and do the, the fish canning, then Alaska, the business would be uh, wiped out for the entire season for the entire year. And that could potentially put their whole business at risk. And so they, and they didn't have time to go and find different workers or anything like that. Like they had to have these workers uh, fulfill their contractual obligation. And pro probably the workers knew that. And they knew that uh, the business was in a vulnerable spot. And so, anyway, they started arguing back and forth, and the manager in charge up in Alaska, he said, he, he finally, quote, yielded to their demands, end quote, and he said he would pay them all $100. However, when the workers got back to San Francisco and, you know, asked for their payment, they only got their original $50 slash $60 uh, payment. And then the workers tried to sue to get their full $100 wage payment, uh, according to their modified agreement back in, on May uh, 19th. So let's look into the arguments on both sides of this case. 
the workers are arguing that they made a modification to the original contract. And uh, they did that work relying on the fact that they would get paid $100. And they said both sides agreed to this. Uh, we made a new contract. We should get paid according to that. Now, the business is arguing that the workers were already under obligation to do this work. So with this new $100 agreement, they weren't offering any new consideration for it. In other words, they're arguing for the pre-existing duty rule. So let's pretend that you're the judge and you have to decide whether you're going to enforce this second $100 uh, agreement as a legally binding contract or if you're going to say that the workers weren't offering any new consideration. Um, if you're in our pod talk group, go ahead and leave a comment and give your ruling um, and tell me what you think. So let's talk about how the judge ruled. The judge said that there was uh, no contract for the $100 agreement and that the original agreement to pay the $50 slash $60 wages that's the one that was going to be enforced. And so that means the business didn't have to pay uh, any extra money to these workers. Um, so again, what's going on here? What, what, what's, what, is, what is the court thinking? So it seems as if the workers are trying to take advantage of the business when the business is at a really uh, vulnerable spot. And to better understand this even more, I want to go back to our very first lectures uh, about why we enforce contracts in the first place. Why do we have the courts get into this? Part of the reason that we enforce contracts is so each party can have an assurance that the that boat that the other side will actually perform whatever they agree to do in the contract. And when we have that assurance in a contract, that gives us the ability um, to take on more risk or to make ourselves more vulnerable than we otherwise would. So. Uh, for example, in this Alaska Packers case, because the business knew that the court would enforce the workers to fulfill their side of the contract, they were willing to let the workers take their boats out uh, and rely on them to bring the fish to the harbor and to unload the fish uh, and, to, and to complete the job. And that's and part of the reason they were uh, willing to do that is because they had an assurance from the from the court or the government um, that they, were, that they would enforce this contract. Um, and again, Alaska Packers was in this really vulnerable situation where the workers, in a sense, had all the leverage. Had it not been for a court, that would be willing to enforce uh, their original agreement. So that, that's, the court is trying to prevent this, uh, this hold-up game, this uh, exploitation by the workers, trying to take advantage of the other side of, a con of, the, other side of the contract when they're in a vulnerable spot. Now, that being said, I want to ask, bring up another question. What if the business, uh, instead of giving in to those demands or pretending that they're going to give in to those demands, what if they just said, okay, fine, go ahead and quit, don't finish the job, uh, whatever, but, but you better believe we're going to sue you for every last penny of damages that you cause us. In other words, why didn't the business just rely on the court forcing the workers to compensate the business for whatever damages they caused by not finishing the job, can you do you can you see why uh, the business would be a little bit wary of going down that road? Chances are the workers probably wouldn't be able to 
uh, compensate for that degree of damages. I mean, it could be very well be the case that uh, the business would have lost out on millions and millions of dollars if the workers didn't follow through on this job. But it's not like the workers had millions and millions of dollars to be able to compensate the business uh, for the for that for those damages. And so it puts it puts the business in a really tight spot. Um, and so hopefully all of that helps you understand why the pre-existing duty rule, what kind of purpose it can serve, and how it can really be a protection uh, when parties try and take advantage of each, of each other in a contract when they're in a vulnerable spot. Now, uh, maybe you still don't like this pre-existing duty rule, and you think that if both parties agree to a new modification to the contract, then that should be honored, and we should do that. So if you do, I'm happy to hear from you, hear your arguments for or against it. Um, that's all I'm going to talk about for this case. Uh, again, if you have any questions or comments, leave it in our pod talk group. Um, so thank you for joining me. I'll talk to you next time.